Good evening, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of RNFM Radio. This is Keith Carlson in Santa Fe, New Mexico, joined by my co-host, Kevin Ross, up in Boulder. We'll hear from Kevin in a second. Thanks for being here tonight for yet another episode. This is actually our 33rd episode of RNFM Radio. We're very excited. We're on our way to 50, to number 50. So we're excited to have you here. We have a wonderful, inspiring guest for you this evening. And this will just be another wonderful experience of talking about nursing and healing and all the aspects of nursing that interest Kevin and I so much. Well, maybe not every aspect, but many of them. So, Kevin, up in Boulder, would you like to say hello to our radio audience? Hello, listeners, and thank you, Keith, for that wonderful welcome to this Monday evening here uh, with our very wonderful guests that you'll be announcing here in just a few minutes. Uh, I do want to reiterate what Keith, what Keith was talking about in, in the sense of we really do enjoy the show. We love being here. We love all of these topics that we are discussing each and every Monday evening. And I know for me personally, you know, a lot of people have, um, you know, unfortunate Mondays or very hectic and very busy Mondays. And I know as a nurse myself, I do have very hectic Mondays. And this is a nice way to sort of transition into the evening um, and into the rest of the week. I really do enjoy being on the show, and I'm glad that we have it here on Mondays. And hopefully you feel the same way out there. So um, let's just kind of dive right in and, and tell people where they can actually find us. So if you're here listening to us live, well, then you found us because we're on Blog Talk Radio. Um, and if you're looking for us out here on Twitter uh, under the hashtag RNFM Radio or if you're tweetchat.com forward slash room forward slash RNFM Radio, you can see all of the tweets that Keith is out there tweeting and retweeting. And um, is our friend Andrew Lopez out there? I'm not exactly sure he, if he's out there with this evening. Uh, let's see. He, I think he is. I think he's here. Okay. Let's see. Hi, hi, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, Andrew. We always appreciate your efforts that you're you're putting in for us over here on RNFM Radio to get um, our Twitter followers in the know about what we're talking about. Anyway, um, if you haven't found us on Blog Talk Radio or you don't listen to us archived on Blog Talk Radio, you can certainly check us out on iTunes as well. So if you go into iTunes and under podcast and then do a search for RNFM Radio, all one word, you can find us there on iTunes. And it looks like we actually have a few uh, reviews up there on iTunes. And I will actually have to say thank you very much to those reviews. <laughs> I forgot about the applause. Thank you, Keith. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, you're right. no. We do have a few. Um, we do have a few reviews, and we certainly love those reviews. I know we have quite a few listeners out there, but it sure is nice to see that um, we must be doing something right. Uh, and so we really appreciate that. Thank you so much. And of course, we can't forget about ProMedNetwork.com forward slash RNFM Radio. You can check us out there. And of course, if you'd like to call in, please do. Just do it anyway. We'd love to hear from you, and I'm sure our guests would love to hear from you as well. Any questions or comments that you might have, call us at 347-308-8064. All right. Thank you, Kevin. And uh, I think we're going to have to get an 888 number one of these days, like 888-RNFM-RADIO or something like that. But that'll be for another day anyway. We would like to welcome our esteemed and wonderful guest, Phyllis Quinlan, 
and I'd like to give a little introduction here. She has been a nurse for more than 30 years, and she's practiced in a variety of emergency services, acute care, and long-term care settings. She's nationally certified as a critical care nurse, an emergency nurse, continuing education staff development, and even as a legal nurse consultant. So take that in. She's held a senior leadership position in administration, education, and emergency services, acute care, and long-term care in the greater New York area. She graduated from Malloy College in Rockville Center, New York, and has a BA in Psych and Sociology and a Bachelor's in Nursing, and also a Master's degree from the New School for Social Research and Healthcare Management and Urban Policy, and she has a PhD in Healthcare Administration. So Phyllis is a very accomplished person with a wide array of uh, clinical and educational uh, experiences. She's a graduate of the Nancy Santo Pietro and Associates Feng Shui training program, and she promotes balanced living in a healthy work environment as a Feng Shui practitioner. So we look forward to talking about that as well. She works with clients adjusting their living spaces, but she specializes in working with the adjustment of office spaces to make them more healthy and vibrant for those who work in them. And she recently launched a new personal coaching service and blends Eastern philosophy and energetic healing with traditional coaching practices and, of course, her vast and and deep nursing knowledge. So, Phyllis Quinlan, it is a pleasure to have you here on RNFM Radio. Please say hello to our listening audience. Well, hello, listening audience. It is my pleasure to be with everybody this evening. Great. Well, thank you, Phyllis. So I know I just gave a little bio of some of your experiences as a nurse, but in your own words, can you tell us a little bit about your clinical experience and what your life has been like in the nursing field? Um, Well, I actually started, I came into nursing to be the world's greatest psychiatric nurse. I was a social worker before I was a nurse. And um, decided I was going to do psychiatric social work and really through watching some of the interactions in that particular clinical setting during an internship, I really developed a sense that the nurses had a a real deep connection with the patients and thought I would go back to school for my baccalaureate in nursing and become the world's greatest psychiatric uh, nurse. And my senior year, I was rotated through an ICU-CCU critical care setting, and that was the end of that. So I, my whole clinical uh, development then went with emergency trauma and critical care. And, of course, I was able to use a lot of the psychiatric background pieces in those areas, especially with crisis intervention. So that's how I, I started in nursing. Mm. Wow. So what you originally planned didn't actually come to fruition, and you ended up doing something very different. I think the universe had something else in mind, but I I eventually got there, through the back door perhaps, but eventually got there. Right, and I, and I think a lot of our listeners who are nurses or healthcare professionals can probably relate to the notion of having a pretty clear idea of what you'd like to do, setting out to do it, and then ending up doing something relatively different from what you originally thought was was on your journey. Well, that's true, and... Um, and essentially, that's how my, my, my whole nursing career had evolved. I, you know, stayed clinical for a number of years until I had an opportunity to take on a clinician position, which was my first teaching position. And uh, from that um, grew an opportunity to be um, a clinical specialist and then go on to be a director of nursing education. 
and in one of the, the locations where I was the director of nursing education, it was a combined acute care, uh, long-term care um, health system campus, and that was my introduction to long-term care. So I, I really was able to then start to um, have some experiences across the healthcare continuum. It wasn't just acute care, it now became post-acute care, long-term care, um, and it really did stretch me in a variety of different ways. Well, and it's interesting, you know, because Keith does point out, I remember when I was going through nursing school, it does seem like everyone, not everyone, but a majority of the our fellow students had picked a subspecialty that, or a you know, specialty area that we wanted to dive into. And I think a lot of uh, the nurses, it was either talked about L&D or PEDS. And then as you get on in your education and your clinical experience, it's interesting how you shift uh, that focus into an area where you just didn't even think that you would even have any interest. And, um, you know, I guess it's just refreshing to know that that happens to quite a few of us. Um, you know, we set out thinking one thing and then something either radical or, you know, in, in our clinical uh, experience as students or something, you know, a professor that we, we're involved with, um, you know, in our academic, uh, you know, teachings that, we we get passionate about something completely different. Um and so, you know, it's like I said, I think that's one thing where where nurses, you know, have a lot of opportunities to expand and, you know, as students, here we are having so many areas that we can dive into and trying to narrow that down even before you start your clinical practice. I mean, I think it's good to just sort of keep your options open. I couldn't agree more. Um, a lot of times a, a wonderful synergy can develop because as I started to do some, some teaching um, in, in the long-term care venue and then took a uh, per diem position as a long-term care supervisor, I learned more about geriatrics, pure and simple, by being entrenched in it. And I took that knowledge and then weaved it into my emergency department orientation program where clearly you know, 70% of the people coming through were going to be over the age of 65. Um, and it was a real way for me to be able to anchor that orientation and give real-time experience to to the students. And it, it, it just, you know, it just grew from there. Well, and, and I have to, you know, speak from, you know, my own experience. Uh, from my first clinical experience was in L&D. And quite frankly, myself and this other gentleman uh, as students – you know, it was a very eye-opening experience for us. And we had a preceptor uh, there that, you know, in the beginning, I think, you know, she was trying to be as informative as possible and supportive as possible um, in, in those first couple of weeks. But then it really came to light that that he and I were both interested um, initially in the uh, anesthesia department, you know, because they had nurse anesthetists there and, and you know, we kind of gravitated towards that because that was, you know, really exciting to us. But what I, and that experience then became kind of miserable for us for the remainder of our time. Um, but what I found out from that experience and what I really enjoyed was I actually like women's health. And, you know, getting past that first clinical experience and then moving on and then actually becoming a nurse and I was ICU as well, but I've kind of gravitated back toward that women's health approach and and working with women and kids. I do uh, work with peds as well. Um, 
but it's just interesting how that clinical experience was miserable for me, yet I kind of went back in that direction. I mean, again, I, I never worked L&D, but, but I do find uh, that I enjoy, you know, women's health and, and kids and babies, and so I, I work with both. So. I never expected geriatric nursing to become a love of mine. I really didn't, you know, with all the critical care and emergency trauma background mm-hmm. that I had. Um, but I found once I got into it, it added a dimension to my life, and I, I think it came to me at a time in my career where I was a little maxed out on, um, you know, doing everything possible to maintain life and really was able to get back into quality of life. And hmm. it gave me an opportunity to take a breath and regroup. And um, I'm, I'm just so very, very grateful to the moment that geriatric nursing, you know, presented itself to me. Hmm. That's so, a very nice. That's a very nice um, analogy there, Phyllis, for the change to geriatrics from that from that other more acute care situation you moved more into chronic care with the geriatric population so that's a that's a very nice learning for people to see how you can change courses like that and still maintain an interest and a passion for what you're doing in nursing and and as i said it it became a wonderful synergy because what i learned in geriatric nursing i then could go back and teach in the emergency department setting hmm. and mm-hmm. really you know it you know geriatric is as big a specialty as pediatrics, as, you know, maternal child. Um, and at the time, you know, we're, we're talking about the early 90s, um, you know, we weren't quite there yet in appreciating the uniqueness of a frail elder. Sure, of course. Now, we could probably talk about so many clinical interests for, for hours here, <laughs> Phyllis, and you yes, please some, rein us back in because I think I can yes, keep I'll, going I'm, too. So. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to lasso you in here now. Yes, thanks. So, and Phyllis, you do so many interesting things in your life professionally and personally. You and I have had a conversation already on the phone a few uh, several months ago. But I know you have all, all of these clinical interests, but how did you move into the area of nurse entrepreneurship? What caused you to make that shift? I'm sorry, I didn't quite get the question. I'm curious how you moved from your clinical experiences into nurse entrepreneurship, into I, being a, a business person and, and all of the different endeavors that you have going in your life right now. Um, well, again, it was something that came out of an opportunity that came my way. Um, I was doing um, nursing education, and I um, found myself um, in a circle of uh, business people that were trying to look for the next, I guess, for lack of a better term, the next big bubble, and we were talking about um, patient education and um, the Joint Commission emphasis on patient education at that particular time, um, and you know how we were, how every healthcare venue was trying to meet the challenges of staying compliant with the Joint Commission regs and. Also, you know, decreasing readmissions and some of the chronic disease issues, especially diabetes and so on. And um, that led for me to have an opportunity to become a consultant for a, um, a, a company that was developing patient education materials. And since I was not going to be an employee of that firm, but indeed an independent consultant, I decided to open up my own company 
this is back in like 1994. It's quite a few years ago. Uh, I started my own company and then, you know, worked as a consultant to that company for a number of years. When um, that relationship uh, ran its course, I found myself, you know, in um, in a unique position to be able to do continuing education as a as an independent um, nurse entrepreneur and capitalize on a lot of the government money, monies and um, uh, retraining fund monies that were there when we were starting to get into the managed care um, initiatives and do cross-training and, you know, do away with EKG technicians as a specialty and phlebotomy as a specialty and really start to develop a patient care technician who was going to combine a lot of roles into one. Um, so it, that was initially my entryway. Okay, and then I, you do several different things in your entrepreneurial life. You have a feng shui practice, you have a coaching practice, you're a legal nurse consultant, correct? I am. Um, you know, one of the things that I learned um, as, as, as I started to really kind of stretch my muscles as a nurse entrepreneur and really rub shoulders with business people for the first time, um, you know, I... I started to pick a few brains and, and, you know, really just say to these business folk who had really no healthcare background as such, you know, but, you know, we're looking at a business entity, um, you know, what what's some of the tips for getting started in business? And I think the best um, uh, advice that was ever shared with me was you have to be in love with being in business. You You cannot be in love with a product, you know, so that if you like... Um, making widgets and you say I'm just going to make the world's greatest widgets if the market for widgets dries up you are out of business so one of the things that it gave me was a perspective of trying to make sure that I was being very knowledgeable about the direction healthcare was going so that I could see the next great market opening up and I could position myself to be available to take advantage of that. And one of those markets that opened up was the legal nurse consultant um, position. So I did go to school for that and um, took that training and then added that to what my company offered. Now, as far, now how, how long have you been um, in legal nurse consulting now? How long has it been since you started it's that? It's about eight years now. About 2004 is when I, I started Okay. Now, was that um, was that type of practice was that difficult to launch? I mean, was was the market or is, is the market saturated now, or was it at the time? And how do you feel about it now? Um, I I'm not sure if the market is saturated or not. I can tell you that um, what I am seeing is that as the economy fails, um, the cases come my way. So I'm having a I'm having a wonderful year as a legal nurse consultant. I don't know if that's good, bad, or indifferent. Um, in the sense of, uh, you know, it, it, you can see when, when the economy is, is is not as thriving in the country as it should be, people will, you know, look for every opportunity to try to make ends meet after a prolonged illness or what they feel might be, you know, some malpractice. Um, so there's a spike usually in these kinds of uh, legal cases. Um I don't. I can't tell you that it's actually been saturated, but um, it was not easy to break into because one of the things that you need to do is get in the front door, you know, to have your first interview with an attorney client and 
and really get your marketing pieces up. And one of the things that I learned was you can have all the great letterhead you want and you can have all the um, you know the great envelopes that you want and put together great portfolios and packages, but you'll never get those past the um, the secretaries. You know they're the real gatekeepers. So what I decided to do was start to really put my information. Uh, right on their emails, and most large firms um, will have websites that give you access to the attorneys' emails. And I did direct marketing to the attorneys, and that was really the the that afforded me the ability to start to have conversations and be interviewed to see if I was a good fit for their firm. Great. Well, and it seems like too what you were saying earlier about really liking business. I think that 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 could be a big obstacle for either new uh newly established or you know maybe even um established or experienced legal nurse consultants is you really do have to like business your business your brand um and sometimes i think that can certainly set yourself apart from the others uh i mean you know oftentimes i mean we we primarily come from the bedside but being able to kind of be in, in the same room with, I would say, business-minded individuals does have its advantages. It, it does, but you need to reach out to resources that are available to you. You know, if you, if you were thinking of going into any other specialty, you would probably take a review course. You would probably study, and you would probably take an exam and, you know, become certified in that. One of the things I did was reach out to a marketing consultant, not having any marketing experience myself, but having had I, I did do a lot of networking with um, various women's professional groups and reached out to the networking resources within those groups and found a wonderful marketing consultant who really helped me craft, as you say, a brand. Um, uh, if when I first took a first shot at doing a web um, a, a web page or a website for myself, I was all over the place. You, you, you couldn't decide whether I was doing education, legal nurse consulting, energetic healing, the windows. You know, I mean, it looked like I did anything and everything. And, and in a sense, I did, but um, it didn't give the right message. It was really almost a message of confusion. And hiring somebody, making that investment in your company with the right um, you know, the right people in the right positions using those right talents the correct way really helped me craft a website and then get a message out and then uh, a logo and, and again, be, uh, you know, as competent in that business-minded uh, mindset as I would be if I was going for certification in emergency nursing or critical care. Well, and it was also... You know, the interesting piece how you talked about when in a down economy uh, that you you were thriving and your business was thriving. And, and I can speak to that as well. Uh, during the recession, my company actually grew 300%. I mean, I'm in the business of health and wellness. What do people neglect during these times? That's one of those things. I mean, I'm a medical consultant and a patient advocate. And it was interesting Companies were going through layoffs and trimming and, and cutting here and cutting there. But by cutting, they were actually cutting quality in those services. And what ended, what ultimately occurred was sometime, kind of across the board just some catastrophe, really. I mean, things were falling through the cracks. People were falling through the cracks. Things were getting missed. There were problems. And then that's when my company got hired on 
to to bridge those to rebuild those bridges to to bring that all together again. And so I guess what I wanted to say out there to the listeners, and as you discuss, Phyllis, and of course as, as as I'm also telling people out there, whether recession you know or down economy, it's still I think it's still an excellent time to start a business, at least for what I was doing, and it sounds like for what you were doing as well. Um, I I couldn't agree more. I I think the second piece of great advice I got was, in chaos, there is opportunity. Go find it. Well, that well, that sounds like your Eastern philosophy background coming into play, Phyllis. And uh, we would like to to get there at some point. Now, you have mentioned in our conversations, and also on your blog, and on your website, and your writings, and in your very impressive press kit that you sent to us about compassion fatigue. Now. You're a nurse. You've been a nurse for many years. You've worked with many nurses. You've been in a variety of of facilities and clinical settings. Now, you have some fairly clear notions about what compassion fatigue is and what it isn't. And I'm wondering if you'd like to speak to that a little bit, because that applies to both entrepreneurs and to nurses at the bedside. So what would you have to say just as an introduction to that idea? Well, I, I really welcome this opportunity to get this message out because it, you know it's a message that's so important for anyone who is caring, whether they are caring, um, they are they are professional caregivers, or whether they are family caregivers, um, whether they are nurses, social workers, first responders, physicians, dentists, um, a daughter taking care of a mom, a mom taking care of a challenged child at home, all of these individuals, you know, are are unique in their capacity to be able to care. And the first thing I really do want to point out is that not everyone is capable of caring. I think people can have sentiment. I think people can feel empathy. But it takes a unique individual to really say, I'm going to take care of someone. Um, and, and, And feel a sense of satisfaction and accomplishment, actually feel better. Um, because they they have the ability to give of themselves to another person when that person is very very vulnerable and in need and and that's not something a quality of human nature that should be taken for granted and it certainly isn't something that should be worked into the ground and um, my my take on compassion fatigue and what what I've seen happen in my professional colleagues and more so now in family caregivers is that we really don't take very good care of ourselves and therefore um, our our engine, you know, our, our ability to drive, our ability to be compassionate um, starts to seize up and in some cases shut down altogether. Um, I've, I've spoken to some groups or have had conversations, um, you know, in various um LinkedIn groups and and so on, um, where people feel that the term um, compassion fatigue um, is, um, how can I put it, I I guess insulting to them um, because they feel that the implication is is that you're going to become tired of feeling compassion and, you know, you're just going to, you know, and people resentfully were, you know, kind of responding to questions or comments about, you know, 
I'll never get tired of caring and I'll never get tired of feeling compassion for another human being, and rightly so. And that is not what compassion fatigue is. Um, Compassion fatigue really is a part of the post-traumatic stress um, syndrome, and it really is um, a degeneration of your ability to see things clearly and to keep things in perspective and be therapeutic because you have not put your own oxygen on first. Thank you for saying that. And I can personally relate to that based on the experience I had of um, burning out as a nurse case manager in the inner city and experiencing what I identified at the time as compassion fatigue. I cared about my clients and my patients. I really cared. I mean, I cared so much that I... I carried myself into the ground. And it was truly, to use your words, it was a degeneration of my ability to see clearly, to really think and feel and see clearly. So I greatly appreciate you defining it in that way. It really speaks to my personal experience. Um, It's important to understand that um, this creeps up on you. It is an insidious process. And, um, you know, by the time... You, you you label it or you see it, it, it you've been caught up in it. And um, it, it's sad to see this happen to people. And, and usually one of the first, the first signs of someone being caught up in this, let's just say from a family caregiver perspective, is when help is offered, the person turns it down. So there's almost an underpinning to this that, you know, I'm all alone in, in this responsibility to care for my family member at home, yet help is offered and you're resistant to that help. That is one of the biggest red flags out there, that you are starting down a slippery slope. And um, with the same thing with our professional caregivers, you know, you, you know, this, you, you get caught up in, you know, can I take a break, you know, go eat your lunch, you know, go to the bathroom for God's sake. You know, how many of us as nurses, you know, walk around, I mean, I spent half my career with Bactrim in my pocket, you know, and, and you know, we just don't, we give and we give and then we give some more, we complain about it, we, we, we you know, we, we kind of convetch about it to each other, and then we, we say yes to the overtime. You know, or yes, we'll come in and that. And that's not to say that you don't do your fair share to help the team, not to the point of exhaustion. And then you hear people start talking about things going on in their personal life, and you see relationships at work begin to suffer for this. And someone who was on a very wonderful track professionally is all of a sudden starting to hit barriers and roadblocks and be passed over for positions or opportunities because their ability to maintain relationships is now suffering greatly. Mm. Well, you know, Phyllis, what piece of advice would you give me? So, you know, I was telling you uh, in that down economy, so my company grew at 300%, and, and I started my business at uh, my dining room table. I mean, it was, it was you know, solopreneur okay. and growing. And so what advice would you give me as my business is growing, I'm a patient advocate. I want to help as many people as I can, but I'm burning the candle at both ends. I'm working 15 hours a day. I want to help you. However, how can I be successful doing that? 
You know, do you say no? When do you say no? What do you have to tell yourself? What do you do for yourself so that you can continue to be successful for the for the caseload or the patients that you're working with at the time? Right. Well, it's going to be the first, the, the same, the same fundamental piece of advice I would have offered any of my um, students in any of my orientation classes. And and if any of those um, students of mine are listening, they may recall me saying, you know, on a Friday, make sure you do one thing for yourself over this weekend. You have to take one hour for yourself. And if you can't find one hour for yourself in the course of a seven-day week, something's radically wrong. And and I mean this seriously, just one hour, whether you go play racquetball or you go get a pedicure or you sit in the tub or you hide in a closet and eat a piece of chocolate. You know, whatever it is that you're going to do for yourself, not while you're multitasking something else. You know, it's not like get a pedicure while your three-year-old is sitting on your lap. You know, it's really one hour just for you. And you need to be able to start there. And, you know... People make faces at me. They roll their eyes. I can't, you know, I, I, one hour, oh God, you know, I, you think I was asking the world. And what I really want to point out is that it's not being selfish. It's actually being generous. Because when you start to put yourself first and you start to put back into the well, you are actually building a reserve and you're keeping yourself available, available to care, available to be present, available to step in if needed, and you cannot do that. You cannot be mindful, you cannot be available, and you cannot be therapeutic if you are on fumes, pure and simple. Agreed. And and there's a difference. I remember, you know, it's one thing when you're stressed, but I got to to the point of where I was burned out. And, you know, that definition to me was like that nothing was going on. Nothing was happening. My computer was shut down. My phone was, I could not function. And, and I, I didn't build those reserves. Exactly. And I, I'll take a, a quantum leap here and say that perhaps maybe some of your personal relationships started to suffer at a time when you you were probably thinking, I could use a little support here, guys. You didn't realize that, you know, your, 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 your self-sacrificing had now tipped your scale to the point of being extremely irritable and difficult. And right. you, know, you 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 look in the mirror one day, you know, and you're like, who is this? And this is the piece I really want to make sh- you know sure that your listeners understand. When you get to that point, it's probably a little too late. That's why I would like people to be proactive about putting themselves first and taking good self care and learning how to delegate responsibilities and accepting help and not weaving in. Uh, the notion of being, um, you know, um, incapable of handling it all, being the super person, oh, my God, I need help, what a bad reflection that is on me, nonsense. We all need help. We are we're interdependent. We need to be able to embrace the community of resources that we have and not, be, not take it so personally as a personal failure or rejection if you're not able to do it all. Well, and, you know, famous words that I, I kept repeating back were, you know, was, no, no, I've got this. I've got this. And eventually what happened is it got me. It wrapped around me and suffocated me. Oh, that's right, well Kevin, said. That I, is, I was that just going to say what it got really you. a mantra. It is. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, Kevin, what, what got you? That's the thing that, that gets most of us, isn't it? Right. It did. It got me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And, yeah. and then um, I'm also going to venture to say that the issue of sleep started to rear its ugly head. And, you know, people will say, well, you know, I, I only need a good four hours of sleep. Or, you know, I yeah, I get eight hours of sleep, but I, I, I sleep three hours here and I sleep three hours there and maybe I take a nap and sleep two hours over here. That is not eight hours of sleep. That is napping. And that is not healthy. And you are literally going to lose your mind for lack of REM sleep if you don't do something about that. So, you know, there are there are various, you know, sleeping aids that are healthy and herbal-based, you know, melatonin and valerian root, any of the sleepy time teas that are out there that can help you, you know, fall asleep and relax enough to fall asleep. And then if you, you get into a certain age where you're not going to sleep through the night, regardless, at least these things help you so that when you do wake up, you can get back to sleep more readily. And the sleep that you get is quality sleep. And um, this is extremely important. Mm. Thank you for mentioning all of these aspects of self-care, Phyllis, because there are certain things that some of us might be blind to. You know, even as a health and wellness coach working with nurses, you know, I coach nurses on self-care Sometimes there are things that I forget that maybe I'm taking care of one thing and then all of a sudden I realize, oh my God, I haven't been sleeping well this week or boy, I've eaten pretty poorly these last three days or today or whatever choices I've made. So even the most professional and educated among us who really know what to do, we sometimes, even us, we don't, we don't walk our talk. There are times when we forget because we're under stress. And I appreciate you bringing this to bear. And I know that in your work as a coach and as an energetic healer, there's an aspect of of various practices and Eastern philosophies that you bring into your coaching and into your talk about self-care and compassion fatigue. And I know you use the Tao Te Ching and other Eastern philosophies to inform that practice. So would you like to say a little something about self-care vis-a-vis those other aspects of your your skills that you would like to to bring to the light for our listeners? Sure. Um, I, I must have been in nursing in, in nursing a good 20-some-odd years when I, you know, it just started to not make sense. The critical care and emergency trauma aspect of, of my practice was not making sense in every patient that came my way. And I started to realize that Western approaches to health and wellness didn't have all the answers. You know, it wasn't a matter of putting a wire in every orifice or taking another pill or, or you, know, you know, doing another intervention. You know, that there, there was a, another part to the human spirit that needed tending to as well. And I was on the great search for what that might be. Um, I started off, you know, studying a little bit about vitamins and minerals and herbs and then got into massage and different types of various massages, not as a a massage practitioner but as a recipient of the massage and did a little, you know, studying about chiropractics and learned about energy and meridians and how energy flows through the body, a little bit about yoga and, um, and then the concept of chi, which in Eastern terms is the life force that's in each and every one of us. And um, one fine Sunday morning, I was listening to a Sunday morning program, and uh, the the announcer said, well, when we come back from this commercial, we're going to talk about acupuncture for the home. And I was like, what? And I was like, 
acupuncture for the home. This I have to listen to. And sure enough, there was a feng shui practitioner on this program. And this person started to explain how, you know, uh, universal energy comes into Earth's atmosphere and, um, and, it, and it diffuses across the planet. And, of course, it diffuses into each and every continent, each and every country, each and every state of the union and neighborhood, and then, of course, into your home. And there are various things um, within your environment that will either facilitate the flow of healthy energy or will block the flow of healthy energy because chi acts like water in the sense that it will flow and follow the path of least resistance but it can also be blocked or dammed up and so that it becomes problematic as well. And I was fascinated by this, and I couldn't study this fast enough, and that's when I found the Nancy Santa Pietra School. And that was back in 1999, and I have to honestly say it completely changed my life. It, it added a dimension to not only my self-care, but into into my nursing practice where I was able to then combine East and Western approaches. It's not alternative therapy, it's complementary therapy in the sense of no one's going to tell you not to take your chemotherapy, but while you're doing that, we can do this. Right. Well, thank you for, um, for, for sharing that. Now, when most people hear Feng Shui, we think of the, the kind of westernized, mainstream type of feng shui that means moving your couch over to the east side of the room and, you know, painting your door red. But I believe, based on my knowledge and my conversation with you last month, that that you're talking about something much bigger here. And how would you relate that to, to nursing, for instance, for our listeners? Well, um, you're right that the you know the Western approach to feng shui is indeed you know adjusting your environment so that you you're freeing blockages and sometimes that does involve moving the couch or painting the door red and hanging a wind chime or et cetera. But the bigger picture really here is identifying that something's not quite right and you're looking to increase um, energetic flow in your life and you're really looking to establish a place of peace and harmony and. You know, when you think of nurses, you know, we're all about the nursing process and, you know, evidence-based outcomes, but how much do we talk about peace and harmony in our lives? So um, that's more of my my um, my um, concentration with feng shui when I'm, when I'm working with my clients is to start to address those things that underneath the obvious there is much more that needs to be worked with. So one of the first principles of feng shui is to address clutter. And as soon as I start talking about clutter, usually people start rolling their eyes going, oh, God, don't let her in my house, you know. But clutter has meaning. And uh, if you go into a space, the space is divided up into eight areas of your life. And depending on where your clutter and some of other energetic blockages are, it usually corresponds to the issues with which you are dealing with or perhaps trying to deal with or perhaps trying to avoid and um, if if we can establish a working relationship, we can start to chip away at that. And as we declutter the obvious stuff in the room, you start to free up that energy so that you have the ability to start dealing with and processing those issues in that particular aspect of your life and really starting to develop a sense of well-being. And that is the key to any energetic healing, is really fostering a sense of well-being. 
Well, it's interesting, Phil, because you talk about a flow of energy or a river flowing, and I can see how it can dam up if you have this flow and there's clutter, and as it flows, you know, the clutter goes with it and builds that dam, and then the building and building and building could ultimately be the negative energy or the stress that's building because there is no, you can't, the flow does, it just stops, it just doesn't continue. Um, it's it's interesting this is really like whole body wellness, I mean, to another level in the sense that so someone invites you in their home and let's say that you're looking in their cabinets at what they're eating and you're helping them with nutrition and then talking to them about, you know, exercise or activity. And then on top of that, you're thinking, okay, well, you know, maybe that sofa shouldn't be there or maybe you shouldn't have all of these piles of papers. Maybe you need to have some closure here. Let's go through some of this stuff and see if we can get rid of it or put it somewhere where, you know, you'll have a better flow of energy and you're going to be more successful at instituting these new practices in your life, i.e., you know, better nutrition and uh, exercise or increasing your activity. You, you couldn't have said it any better. Um, you really, um, you know, one of the first things I do is, you know, what's under your bed? You know, what are you storing under your bed? And, you know, let's take a look at that closet. And, you know, it, like just as in psychology, you know, the underlying theme is that all behavior has meaning, all clutter has meaning as well. So that, um, you know, if you're blocking healing energy with stuff under your bed so that when you're, you're literally supposed to receive healing energy from Mother Earth while you're sleeping and it's blocked because you have your income taxes for the last 10 years under your bed or some other things that shouldn't be there, um, you know, it, it, it affects you. And the thing that, that's important to understand is that feng shui is the ancient honoring of quantum physics and that, you know, this is evidence-based and, and this is really the flow of chi. And if any of your listeners have heard a little bit about string theory and vibrational energy and, and how, you know, one thing sets in motion another and has a ripple effect. This is what energetic healing is all about. It's the honoring of the principles of quantum physics. So you can be doing Reiki and channeling universal energy. You're literally the conduit for universal energy from the universe into your client or patient. You could be doing massage and working with meridians to unblock energy flow so that there's more of a, a more of a sense of flow literally within the body, doing the same thing either with acupressure or acupuncture, or you can adjust the environment, whether it's the working environment such as your office or your living environment, um, so that there is a, a greater flow, a more balanced energy, and um, giving you that better sense of wellness. It's important to get rid of clutter and not just store it better. People like to buy nice little bins and pack up their clutter and it doesn't look nice, it's all packed away. But you really need to purge, you need to get rid of it, and in doing so, you're inviting fresh new energy or chi into your life, and that's that's the piece that fuels your ability to then take another look at your eating habits, your sleeping habits, um, are you exercising? Because now it, it just re-energizes your whole vibrational system. Mm. Well, Phyllis, thank you for, for all of this. I'm, I'm really inspired. There's a couple changes I think I need to make right away. But the question I have for you then 
is if we're talking about people's personal space, like under their bed, for instance, or maybe Kevin's desk in his office, Kevin, I'm not going to give away any secrets, uh, <laughs> or a living room or whatever, what about, I'm thinking about nurses, really. I'm thinking about healthcare professionals. So what about a nurse's station? What about um, the entryway or lobby of a of a walk-in clinic? What about the space where nurse case managers work and they have their little cubicles next to one another? How does all of this affect the way we work and the way we are effective as nurses and clinicians? Well, it affects us tremendously. And, um, you know, if you go into the long-term care venue where they really are now in the last 10 years or so embracing the fact that it is a residence, it's not just a healthcare facility, it's actually someone's home, and we just happen to work there. Um, you know, they are remodeling long-term care uh, facilities with, you know, a lot of energetic uh, principles in mind, Zen gardens for patients and residents, and, of course, the staff can access those as well. Um, you know, taking down unnecessary walls, making sure that, you know, there are plants that you're bringing the outside in and that everything is just, you know, white walls with harsh lighting and bad seating, you know. So, um, you know, if you look at some of the newer models for nursing stations, used to be that we used to wall off the nurses so that, you know, they would go behind this glass wall and not have any contact. Now we're starting to take all of those barriers down so that, you know, people can walk up to us and speak with us. And, and you know, it, it's inviting that connection, but there's less harshness to that. We're... We're looking at painting um, nursing units, various, you know, healing colors. And, and I always smile because when I have clients that are looking to feng shui a particular wall unit or clinic, you know, they're saying, well, we want to feng shui this for the patients. And, you know, the first thing I say is, what's your length of stay? And they say, oh, we do day up here, and that's fine. Okay, so we're going to feng shui this for the staff then because the patients will be in here long enough to know the difference. So we'll really fluctuate this with the staff in mind. And you'd be surprised uh, when we just pay attention to a few principles, how much better people feel. Well, I can even, I viewed this firsthand, not necessarily just the aesthetics of, you know, the hospital. My mother was recently in the hospital, but just the clutter and what was going on in her room. I remember the nurse coming in and my mother was trying to have a conversation with her trying to tell her how she felt. And I could see her looking down at the bedside table or the, the table that was right across her lap. And then also there was a bedside table that had so much stuff on it. And and it, it was as if she, she wanted to, you know, she basically said to my mother, hold on one second. And she literally like cleaned the table up. She put things in their places like on the bedside table and organized things. And then once that was all complete, it was like I could see this shift in her, and she like really opened up and felt, I guess, more like open to have that conversation with my mom. And she sat down next to my mother, and then it it was as if they could kind of have a conversation about my mother's pain. She was in pain and what she needed and what's been working for her, what's not working for her. And she really like listened, but I could tell like she was kind of having some sort of energy um impediment because of all the stuff that was collecting on her table, the, the dinner tray right. and the plastic cups and the wipes and everything. Exactly. She was very sensitive and, 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 and really in tune with her, her, her intuitive side as a, as a healer, as a therapeutic agent, regardless of her specialty being nursing, that, you know, I need to do this in order to create some space. 
so that I won't be distracted. And that's one of the the, the things that clutter does. It it offers distraction um, from what's important and what we really should be focusing on. And um, in doing that, I, I applaud her effort because I'm sure she felt better and more able to focus. But I'm sure your mother was like, well, this she's really taking an interest in me, and now she's created a space here where we can have this conversation. And it, it, I'm sure it made a very nice connection with your mom. I could tell she took some extra time to really sit down with her and spend with my mother because for her, the the energy was flowing in the direction right, that she needed to flow. Right. Yeah. The space wasn't like a scratchy sweater anymore. Now she could sit and be comfortable and, and focus and not be distracted. Well, do you, Phyllis, do you work with, with individuals or clients from a distance or, um, you know, whether somebody gets on Skype and, and runs you around their home and says, look at all this mess, can you help me with it? Or what should I, where should I start? Right. I do both. Um, I, I do on-site consultations, and um, but I also do Skyping. Um, you know, for feng, shui, for feng Shui, I can do that with Skype. People can literally run around their home with their computers and show me what's going on, but it's better. Um, I think I can be a little bit more therapeutic if I'm on-site, but it's not impossible to do it through Skype. Um, the coaching I do through Skype, but I can also do that on the phone and in person. So, you know, I use as much of the media um, as we possibly can because often the times that a client is available to work with me is, you know, in the evening or, you know, very early on a weekend. Um, I also have some clients that are not in the United States, so, we, you know, I've got to juggle the, the time difference a little bit. So we it works out uh, really well having all of the, you know, the computer and uh, media advantages. Mm. Now, now, Phyllis, do you also go into healthcare facilities and look around at the way offices are set up or the way nurses stations are set up and consult with them about how to make these environments work better for the nurses and the patients? Well, oddly enough, that's how my practice grew. Um, you know, I again, you know, you think you're going to be doing one thing, and the universe tugs you in a different direction. So. Um, I, I thought, of course, I was going to be feng shuiing homes, and um, what happened was is I, I started, of course, feng shuiing my own office space, and people would walk in and say, okay, I've been in this office a thousand times with your predecessor. What did you do? It, it seems bigger, and that's usually the common, the common comment that I get. It, it seems larger. What did you do? And, you know, I, I share with them a little bit about feng shui and, you know, that I just, you know, did this and, you know, what does feng shui, you know, I give them kind of like the 50-cent tour of feng shui. And they're like, well, that's amazing because this just feels great. And, you know, as as the relationship develops, the person might come to me and say, could you come and take a look at my office? And, uh, you know, of course I will. And then what I what usually happens is someone will come in and say their spouse or their partner or significant other will come in and, you know, is having trouble at work and, you know, um, I don't know what to get him for Father's Day or his birthday is coming or, you know, gee, she's got everything. So how about if you go in and function her office? And, and that's how that part of my business took off, and that's exactly what happened. I started focusing more and more on office space because people saw my office felt the difference in my office from what they knew from before and wanted that for themselves and for others. Mm. And how about clinical spaces? Have you had good uh, luck or or experiences with actual clinical spaces where care is provided? Um, I, I've, I've been able to 
talk to people about different colors and different things um, to help with energy flow in those in in certain um, spaces. Um, talking about you know bringing the outside in through pictures and maybe artificial plants. Um, people will talk about well, gee, you know we can't have live plants because if you're in a long-term care facility with um, people who are not cognitively intact, you know, they may eat the plant and the Department of Health has this. So then we talk about bringing in, you know, um, silk plants and, you know, there's no maintenance. We just have to, you know, clean them every so often. I have helped with um, giving my opinion about Zen gardens or, you know, we're going to rework this space. Um, do you have any ideas and thoughts about this? Um, and I've also been in healthcare facilities where I've taught meditation with the staff and, and, and walk them through some of the fundamental principles of meditation so that when they do have an opportunity to take a break, they have an option of meditating for five or ten minutes and just being silent and quiet for a little while to try to find their center and then getting back into the game. Well, and, you know, Phyllis, it, it is interesting. We do talk about how to have a better flow of energy in our homes, which, again, is certainly a priority. But we do tend to spend more of our waking hours in our offices and with our coworkers, uh, more so than with our families and in the home. And so it is, again, a, a, a very important service and um you know, transition that we need to make there as well, because again, if we have better workflow, better energy there, then hopefully we can come home to the same and have good flow and transition when we leave our businesses or our offices or the hospital or wherever you're working and into our home that also is inviting and has the energy that, again, is conducive for us to flourish and enjoy the time with our families. That's absolutely correct. So, Phyllis, all this talk about all these wonderful things that you do, I mean, it's amazing how you, you know, we always talk to entrepreneurs about really focusing on that one thing, that widget or that one service, and you've really branched out. I mean, you really have. And so with all that being said, what what are you working on? What projects do you have right now? What projects are do you have in the future? And where in the world can we find you? Because you're so multifaceted and you have so many services. So if we're looking for you, are looking for these types of services, where can we find you when we're looking for these? Well, you can. You, you certainly can go onto my website, which is MSW, Michael Frank William, MSW Consultants with an S, um, dot com. And um, that website will walk you through um, some of the, you know, the various services that my my uh my company does offer, including the energetic healing. Um, I will be offering a class um, on fundamental issues in feng shui and wellness on October 6th in Brooklyn um, at the uh, Best Western Hotel on Fifth Avenue in Brooklyn, just off of the um, the uh, Belt Parkway in Brooklyn. And um, all of that information is also on my website. But I, I think the biggest thing I'm really involved in right now is the blog that is devoted to caring for the caregiver. And uh, I am using the ancient text of the Tao Te Ching, which is an ancient book of wisdom on how to lead um, a happy life, written 500 years before the time of Christ. 
um, and it is 81 uh, verses on how to live a, you know, a content life. And I'm using each verse as a jumping-off point to do an essay on the subject of caring for the caregiver, whether it's you know, the professional caregiver, the family caregiver, or both. And um, I'm fortunate enough to be able to say that I'm going to have that those essays or, or the, the substance of that blog published in a book in early 2013. So if you go to the website, which again is um, mswconsultants.com, you will find various links to the blog, various links to YouTube tutorials on feng shui. There's, certainly you can see the training programs that I have offered or anything about coaching that any of your listeners might be interested in learning more about. Hmm. Thank you, Phyllis. Now, you're also on Facebook. I found you at facebook.com slash Phyllis Quinlan Coaching, and that's Q-U-I-N-L-A-N, Coaching. And Phyllis has two L's. Uh, but you're you're not on Twitter, correct? I couldn't find you on Twitter. No, I'm I'm not on Twitter, no. Okay. I've been posting quotes by you and, and little snippets of our conversation on Twitter, so people are still learning about you there in our tweet chat. So just so you know that your your name is getting out there on Twitter, whether you, whether you wanted it to or not. Well, thank uh, you. I, I appreciate it. You're welcome. So I know you are at uh, Facebook.com, Phyllis Quinlan Coaching. You're also at MFW Consultants. Is that .com? That's right, .com, yes. That's and .com. I can, I can also be reached at mswconsultants at gmail.com, which is my email address. Great. Okay. And I just tweeted also careforthecaregiver.wordpress.com. That's careforthecaregiver.wordpress.com. It's a wonderful blog. I have read a number of your posts, and I've always been a follower of the Tao Te Ching since I was a young man. So it's very interesting to me, and it's fascinating how you're using that to talk about these issues of care for the self and care for others. So it's a wonderful way to bring Eastern philosophy into our Western world, and I appreciate that way that you're you're managing to do that in a, in a very original way, very original way. Thank you for those generous words. That's very kind. You're, you're welcome. So we've given everyone ways to contact you, and I would also, Phyllis, just say that if you'd like to write some content for our blog at rnfmradio.com, you could send a, an article to us, and we can post it with links to all your sites and uh, backlink so that our our readers can find you. So that could be another way for us to spread the word about all of this amazing work that you do in the world. Well, that's great. Maybe I'll send you some tips on how to get started in meditation. Great. Okay. Yeah. Anything you'd like to like to send to us? So, thank you so much. Uh, it's been a wonderful pleasure to have you on the show. Very inspiring. I'm sure hundreds of people are going to listen to this episode and. We'll send a link to you as well, so you can post it on your website. So thank you so much, Phyllis. My pleasure. My sincere joy and pleasure. Thank you. Ours as well, Phyllis. Thank you for spending the hour with us this evening. Wow, Kevin. That was quite the conversation. I thought so. Doesn't it often hit, you know, turn in that? You just never know. We, yeah, I know you spent some time with Phyllis off the air, uh, and then of course, you know, I same here. Like I might have talked to one of our guests before we're on the show, and then it just the conversation just con- continues to evolve. I'm looking up, I was I was checking out some of the hyperlinks on her 
on her press release and going into she's part of the professional uh woman publishing um they do private book publishing and it looks as if there's Gosh, 600 authors from 21 countries. I mean, we could keep going on and on about what Phyllis is involved in and how she's getting herself out there. And it's Phyllis, we're going to have to have you on next year. I think we will. I think she's going to be another guest who comes back in 2013, and we may be hard-pressed to find space for all the new people who want to come on. But I think that's a problem of luxury that we here at RNFM Radio are happy to live with, aren't we, Kevin? I Certainly appreciate it. I do. Yes, yes. And there's two things I'd like to say, Kevin, if I may. You may. Okay. One is that I want to thank Andrew Lopez at Nurse Friendly for tweeting and tweet chatting for us and with us tonight. Andrew, you are the best. We appreciate you so much. You've been retweeting me and putting out tweets tonight about our conversation with Phyllis. So check him out at, at Nurse Friendly on Twitter or nursefriendly.com. He is our guardian angel out there on the on the in the ethers and we appreciate andrew so much at nursefamily.com and now we have a special treat for you we have elizabeth scala she is a nurse and a coach and a wonderful person who i actually had a conversation with just this afternoon sitting in my car we were talking about ways for us all to collaborate and work together and coach scala has a website living sublime wellness which she'll talk about but what we actually want to have her on the show for here for about the next five minutes is to talk about a wonderful opportunity for nurses to learn about self-care now kevin and i won't be involved in this particular telesummit that's coming up in just a week or so but we hope to be involved with elizabeth over time in some of her other endeavors and maybe a telesummit in the spring of 2013 so I hope she's ready. Coach Scala, Elizabeth Scala, is on hold, and we're going to bring her right here into the studio. So give us one second. So Coach Scala, Elizabeth Scala, welcome to RNFM Radio. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, we're excited to have you. I can feel you smiling there yeah. behind the microphone. That's right. <laughs> it's funny how we can tell when someone's smiling when they're talking. Isn't that amazing? Well, you know, you got me sort of out of bed for this. So I was listening to Phyllis, and I'm on the East Coast, so it's much later, and I had to go upstairs and start preparing for tomorrow. And I checked my cell phone one last time as I was laying down, and it said, do you want to come on the show? So now I'm back <laughs> awake here, so I'm kind of laughing and smiling as I'm excited to be here. Oh, well, I hope you don't lose too much sleep, uh, Elizabeth. But I'd like to introduce you to Kevin Ross, my co-host, Hello. How are you? It was interesting. Um, Keith had – we have this Google Doc that we go back and forth on when we're on the show, and he asked if he, if I thought it would be a good idea to try to reach out and bring you on the show. And it was funny because I just took that link that he sent me earlier today um, and posted it on Innovative Nurses' Facebook page and then tweeted that out. And then, of course, I had just done that, and he asked me about you calling in. And I thought, great idea, because I just put, posted this on Facebook. Cool, All yeah. Right. It's well, great to have you on. Good to meet you. Good to meet you, Kevin. And I did see that, so thank you. And I think that all of this is just um, working out working out as it should be, since we all are thinking about each other at the same time. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And, you know, Phyllis said things happen in the universe for a reason. And I believe, you know, we're all out here working with nurses and doing all this wonderful work in the world. And, 
you know, Elizabeth, you and I have just started to cross paths digitally recently, and we had a phone conversation today at lunchtime. So it seemed I had this thought while Phyllis was on the show. I thought, well, why don't we see if, you know, Elizabeth's awake and see if she wants to come on and talk about this incredible opportunity coming up for nurses. So can you give us a quick rundown on what Living Sublime Wellness is doing and what this uh, telesummit that's coming up actually entails? Sure, I'd be happy to. So the telesummit is called the Rejuvenation Collaboration, and it is 12 wonderful presenters, and they are very diverse in nature. I put it together so that nurses can really receive a balanced and kind of cafe-style taste of different self-care and holistic modalities. So it's 12 workshops with very unique presentations and and fabulous presenters, expert in their field. And it will be starting October 2nd and running through October 11th. And nurses are able to register free of charge, and it all is virtual. So you can, you know, participate from your home, your office, your car. And the neat thing about it is we use a joint screen, so you'll be able to see myself and the presenter and the workshop slides and then also be able to call in. So we make it as interactive and experiential as possible. It's really a lot of fun. We did this in June and I just absolutely loved it, so I had to do it again. (laughs) Well, and you know, it was interesting because Keith and I, as we were, he was telling me about it, we were chatting, uh, we do a pre-call huddle, a pre-show huddle, and he and I are both, we were kind of walking around outside uh, gathering some sunshine before we came back in for the radio show on our cell phones, and he forwarded me the link. And then, of course, we were clicking on the, the links and, and looking at the speakers, and it's interesting. We've had so many of these um, individuals, these nurses, on our show. I mean, gosh, what would you say, Keith? Like at least half, if not – well, at least half of them. Have been on our show or been involved in our show in some way. Right. We've had Colleen Humphreys on. We've had Beth Boynton, Annette Tresini, Bonnie Graysel. Is it Graysel, Elizabeth? Is that the correct pronunciation? Yeah, I don't actually. I've just connected with her last week and I haven't yet asked her her last name. (laughs) Right. So she'll be on our show. Joyce Harrell's been on our show and Jerome Stone. And uh, yeah, it's it's sort of a, uh, a, (laughs) it's a cast of characters who have many of whom have graced the airways of RNFM radio, so it's really wonderful synchronicity. You know, if you also, um, at one point when we all do get together, we'll have to let you know some of the RC alumni, as I like to call them, because I know you had Renee Thompson on the show and some of the other people from the first collaboration, too. So, yeah, you probably have had a whole (laughs) slew of my uh, presenters, which is just fabulous. I'm glad we are all doing this work and really getting out there that, it, you know, nurse health and being taking care of ourselves is so important and crucial to our profession. It is. It is. And now I have tweeted here on Tweet Chat that people can contact you at Coach Scala, which is Coach S-C-A-L-A, on Twitter to find out more about the summit coming up and to register. I just registered myself, although I'll be away for some of it. And I also wanted to let people know they can go to livingsublimewellness.com. Is that correct? And they can find a link there? Sure can, yep. And when they get to that site, just look for the Rejuvenation 
collaboration tab, and that will be able to easily register. Great. Now, are you also on Facebook? I can't remember, but I imagine you are. Yep, and it's just Living Sublime Wellness on the Facebook page, yep. Okay, great. So I know you're going to send me something to post on RNFM Radio blog at rnfmradio.com, so we'll make sure that gets out there too. And we're also excited that you are planning to have another summit in April, and sounds like perhaps I might be able to get involved in that one. I sure am, and yes, I would absolutely love to have you involved and see who else we can come up with together. So it's going to be a great um, event in April as well. Oh, that's great. So our plan, folks who are listening out there, and Kevin, I think I told you this, and if not, you're going to find out right now. (laughs) Our plan is to uh, get Elizabeth on the show to talk about her own coaching practice Hopefully in January, I think there's one slot left, Elizabeth. I'll get back to you tomorrow. And then several weeks before the April summit, we'll have a group of the presenters who will be involved in that summit in April 2013 on the show on RNFM Radio for a rejuvenation collaboration roundtable discussion. So how does that sound? That sounds great to me. All right. Yeah, I was I was letting Kevin answer because I mean I shared with you this afternoon my enthusiasm and I'm ready to get started. So yeah, I was letting letting Kevin take it all in, but I'm I'm excited to do that in March and April as well. Oh well, great! And I think all of us together, Elizabeth. I mean, it's it's interesting. Of course, Keith and I met uh, late last year via social media, and we're getting together, and we get this wonderful opportunity to meet other entrepreneurs out there or um, other nurses that are uh, devoted, you know, to this type of uh, business or service. And quite frankly, we just need to pull together and create a louder voice, a common voice um, for something that is, that is so wonderful. And of course on RNFM radio, that's what we enjoy is being able to extend our reach and uh, put our voices out there on a much larger scale, and we are very excited and happy to be a part of that, to to help put that out there. Sure, yes. I um, am part of a group um, called Flowing with Change through social media as well, and the woman who who coordinates that does a collaborative daily practice, which unfortunately due to my schedule I haven't yet attended, but she keeps telling me how highly attended and not only that but the energy and the volume and just the support that they're all gathering together so i hear a similar you know um similarities between what you're speaking of and and this group that she keeps inviting me to so yes i mm. think a collaborative effort is definitely um the way to really make serious lasting changes that's true, and that's part of why we formed RNFM Radio in the first place was Kevin and our initial collaborator, Anna Morrison, and I all met online. I think we met on Twitter first. And mm-hmm. the the fact was to really advance nursing and advance not just nursing itself and the bedside practice, but also entrepreneurship, collaboration, and all the ways we can work together to advance the profession on every level, the spiritual level, the practical level, any way that we can help nurses have better lives and have, you know, connect with their patients, connect with whatever it is that really brings more to their lives. And it's, we we're learning now as this unfolds because it's just a journey 
of how many ways we can all collaborate and bring this incredible energy to more and more people. And I just want to say that having met so many nurse coaches and people working with nurses on burnout and compassion fatigue and whatnot, I just don't even believe in competition. I don't even believe in the idea of competition because we're all just building this critical mass. And I believe that it's just to all of our benefit that everyone out there, including ourselves, are just doing work that will really bring to bear all of the skills and knowledge that we all want to share with one another. Well, and I also, speaking of sharing, I just signed up, and I'm excited. I actually, I made the investment. I bought. I'm, I'm waiting to see what's in that virtual gift bag that you have. The details are coming soon. I just I just did it right here, right now. Okay. I registered. That's great. <laughs> great. Fabulous. And, yes, the virtual gift bag is shaping up nicely. So I'm, I'm glad you did so. Thank you. I appreciate well, it very much. And quite frankly, the virtual gift bag, I just i am glad to support you in this endeavor and look forward to uh, collaborating in the future. Yeah, thank you. Thank you both very much. I, I have to agree with Keith. Um, you know, just doing the work that we're all doing is actually raising the profession and enhancing the lives of nurses so they can do whatever realm of nursing they they want to do and prefer to do and, and feel excited and enthusiastic about. So I, I just have to agree and, and say right on with what you just said. <laughs> well, anything we can do to elevate uh, this profession and, of course, this cause and, you know, the teleseminar that you have going on, anything that we can do to help. I mean, Keith and I think we get quite a bit of pleasure out of, not only your cause, but again, elevating the profession of nursing. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I think Keith actually just dropped off the uh, the show. I was waiting for him to kind of chime in here, but he just fell off. Unfortunate. So, um, but anyway, yes. So I, I went ahead and posted that on there, and I did register for it. And I would say to all of our listeners out there, if you haven't registered, um, please go to, again, is it livingsublimewellness.com. That's just all one word here. And then you can get to the actual um, telesemin- teleseminar or the series from that. Let's see. Is that the, um, so under Rejuvenation Collaboration? Um, exactly. Yes. Okay, on that tab. Okay, so again, livingsublimewellness.com. And you can then click on the link. Looks like it's one, two, three, four, seven over um, the Rejuvenation Collaboration. And again, of course, we'll have that also on uh, the Innovative Nurse Facebook page. And then again, just Living Sublime. You said Living Sublime Wellness on Facebook as well? Yes, that's right. Perfect, perfect. And we'll be tweeting that out. And of course, again, on Blog Talk Radio here, we'll also be tweeting that out as well. So anyway, um, it looks as if, oh, did Keith just call in on his cell phone? <laughs> Are you on your cell phone there, sir? That's me. Hello. Can you hear me, Kev? Yeah, yeah. You sound fine. What happened? Did your computer just kind of go kaputz? I've actually lost all internet at the moment. It Everything died, so I grabbed my cell phone and called back in, hoping you'd look down at the studio. <laughs> no, no, I did. Well, there was like a pause there, and I thought he was going to chime in. I was like, oh, wait a minute. He just dropped off. Anyway, what right. I was doing was just re-iterating um, uh, those uh, the website 
that you can you can find this uh, rejuvenation uh, collaboration piece here that I signed up for, and then it's on Innovative Nurses Facebook page, and of course Living Sublime Wellness on, on Elizabeth's Facebook page there, and just encouraging all of our listeners to go there and sign up. And if you'd like to upgrade your registration like I did, that virtual gift bag, I don't know. I'm excited <laughs> to see what's in that gift bag. But again, it's just supporting the cause, and I really do love being part of that. And especially Jerome Stone, he's, I would say he's a new friend of mine. He's actually a Boulderite as well. So he and I have had a couple of meetings um, in person. So wonderful individual. So I'm, I'm just excited. It sounds like I'm going to have to make a trip out there to the mountain time um, area of the country to meet you all. <laughs> I, I think you will, Elizabeth. And we'll tell you a secret that many people who listen to RNFM Radio know is that Kevin and I have actually never met in person, so maybe we'll all meet at the same time. Right. That would be fabulous. <laughs> right. So, you know, we realize it's 11.20 p.m. No, it's 10.20 p.m. Yeah. They're on the East Coast, correct? I so we're going to let you... Early. <laughs> yeah, we're going to let you get ready for bed, and we're going to wrap up here. But thank you so much for calling in. We really appreciate it. Yes, yeah. and I'm so grateful to have met you, and I'm, I'm really thankful that I um, did get a chance to call in tonight. So thank you for having me both. Thank you. No uh, you're welcome. For All right, sweet dreams. Yeah, no, thanks for sacrificing some of your health and wellness and your sleep to get on your <laughs> and everything. Exactly. We're there you go. You See, I was putting myself first and going to bed early. <laughs> Right. All right, and we went and ruined it for you. But it's all right. Good cause. All Thank right. you. Good all night. Right. Thanks. Good, night. Good night. Well, Kevin, that was fun. No, it was. It was a good. This was a good show. And then I, I liked having Elizabeth there on the end. Just you know, Phyllis was a very um, dynamic guest and, and very articulate, and it was a very fluid uh, interview. But again, shaking up a little bit with Elizabeth. I mean, here you and I were talking about what a couple hours ago. You told me about Elizabeth, and here she is on the show. I love that. Right? Don't you love all this interconnectivity? It's incredible. I know. I mean, it's like an occupational hazard that we keep bumping into people. You know, so to speak. You know, it's a problem of luxury, and I think we can really, we can really just enjoy the fact that all of these great people are coming into our orbit. So, I'm realizing it's 20 after the hour. We've been on the. We've been on the air for about an hour and 20 minutes. So any last words here? Anything you need to tell people? Maybe who's coming up next? Yeah, no, I can tell you who's coming up next. Now, here's the one thing. I think Keith and I um, do try to have a very, I don't say, like sort of a high caliber of, of, you know, upcoming. We we spend a lot of time. We invest a lot of time and energy finding guests that we would love to have on the show and that we think that you love to have on the show. And Keith is actually going to have a little self-care, I believe. Keith, are you going away next week? Yes, sir. We're going camping um, in northern Mexico and maybe even Utah for about 10 days. Okay, okay. Well, as last week's show, we discussed that there might be a surprise for October 1st, but I think at this point the surprise will be that you can listen to many of our other archive shows on Blog Talk Radio or iTunes because um, a roundtable that I was working on, I'm still finessing that and trying to perfect that, and I really want it to be good. And, of course, you know, with Keith going camping, I think I'm going to go ahead and work on my own self-care and then continue to work on this roundtable that, that we would like to have on the show. And so for October 1st, 
we will be taking off that evening. And again, the next day is my birthday, so maybe I'll be a little selfish or at least want to take care of myself um, and get ready for the birthday celebrations that go- that are going to occur during the week. We tend to, around my household, birthdays are a big deal. It's yeah, big, my household too. Oh yeah, bigger than like Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever you know holidays celebrate. We really do celebrate, you know, the the births, you know, of of our children and of each other. Because if it wasn't for us being here, then our family wouldn't exist as it is today. So, That's true. Good point. So, um, but on October eighth, we have Annie Pine of Advanced Hospital Systems. That's right. No, I'll just add that Anthony uh, works with hospital systems for improving their patient satisfaction, and he's an expert and a nurse in ways that healthcare facilities can can improve how they deliver care. Mm. So he's, it should be a very interesting show. Great, great. And then on October 15th, it looks like we have, who is it, Mary Turdick, wellness coach and nurse? Yes, Mary Turdick. Yep. Okay. Okay. On the 22nd, we have Lori Barkin, who's the author of The Comfort Garden, Tales from the Trauma Unit, a book that I just started reading. And, Kevin, I think you have a copy, too. So you we'll know, be picking into that. It is on my desk. Great. And yes. you're going you're gonna to feng shui your desk and make it a little more you know, oh appropriate gosh. so that Phyllis thinks it's okay, right? Well, I actually, that's why I asked Phyllis, you know, what she does for from a distance because I think I'm just going to have to take like a you know a cam and just go around and say okay Phyllis I need some help. There you go, there you go. Well you know Kevin if you read that book by Lori Barkin, it'll be off your desk and you'll be ready for the show on the 22nd of October. And that'll be one thing I'm going to take that up this evening and start getting into that tonight. So all right, I'll be reading That's... it in bed. All right. Well. It's been quite a night. I think it's time to say goodbye. And we want to thank Nurse Friendly again for being out there in the tweet chat. We want to thank uh, Coach Scala for coming on to talk about the rejuvenation collaboration. And a very big thank you to Phyllis Quinlan for being on the show. She was a wonderful interviewee and is really doing some great work on the world. Agreed. Agreed. Again, this has been another end to wonderful end to Monday. Again, I don't necessarily dread Mondays. I know many of you do, but uh, this certainly does round out the day of chaos and um, stress. And I really feel I've signed up for rejuvenation collaboration. I'm already feeling rejuvenated as as we speak. Great. That's the point. So, Keith, thank you, sir, as always, spending this evening with us. Listeners out there, whether you're on Tweet Chat on Blog Talk Radio, or whether you find us archived on iTunes or ProMed Network. We really appreciate all of the listeners out there, all of the input that we get on our Facebook pages and on the blog, and to all of our dynamic guests out there, thank you so much. If it wasn't for you, we'd be doing the show, but we it might not be as exciting for us. I mean, we might be excited, but we're glad that you're excited. So, again, thank you so much for your support. Okay. Good night, everyone.